0: What's up, friends? Uh, welcome back to another episode of NFT 365. You know, we throw around the word community a lot, uh, and we hear you know things like you know the the true utility or the value of NFTs is built in the community, and you know I preach that the community is the future of business. But the truth is that you know community not only is hard uh, and takes time to grow and nurture, but community is constantly evolving and community in, especially in this early adoption phase where we are with web three, uh, kind of takes on in many cases, uh, a mind or a culture of its own in some scenarios. And we're going to talk a little bit about that what that really means. I want I want to focus on the tangible components uh, of community and a couple of the things that I think we just need to be uh, hyper aware about for those that of us that are buying an NFT as investors and collectors for the communities that we are joining. And then those that are are launching their own NFT projects and you know in that place where you're like you know what I have a project, I have a plan but uh, I realize that maybe I don't have a big following or an, uh, or an audience, and I and I understand that community takes time. But I don't want to wait for forever to launch. So we're going to talk a little bit about that on this episode. Before we do so, uh definitely shout out to our sponsor, Crypto Business Conference. It is happening in October in beautiful San Diego. Definitely want to check that out. I'll talk a little bit more about that at the end uh, of the episode. And you know, we've we've minted a lot of projects that are one-of-one one artists um, and one-of-one one artists in the sense of, you know, they're building not generative collections. Sometimes they're open editions, but uh, really they're artists that are, are focusing not on PFP art. In some cases they, they can be used as a PFP, but the, the idea of like, you know, customization, personalization, limited supply, and i think many of the 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 artists that i feel that are starting to make uh and you know, have big uh success right we have ferocious uh you know he had his one of his ginormous uh sales not too long ago congrats uh you know for the hard work we know you know beeple's story uh we've had matt caesar one of uh, our guests here on the podcast uh who's a very successful uh you know digital artist but one of the things i think is interesting as we think about you know as i think about going back over the last you know uh, 280 plus days of buying an NFT every day, the ones that have held the most value are the art, the ones that the artist is really connected and the thread of the project. And the more I think about that, the more I think about, you know, how important it is for that founder relationship with that community. And so that's where I wanted to take this episode, kind of the the start of the, of the conversation here is that you know, we often hear. You know, I talk about you know, you know, a product, you know, someone being doxed, right? Or the fact that you know, the power in us knowing you know the person's name and having that connection to them. But one of the I think the most important aspects of Web three, and one of the things we have to think about, is how do we shrink the distance between ourselves as a founder and those that are the owners of the NFT? We also have to think about it as an owner and a collector of NFTs. How do we shrink the distance between us and other owners and us and other founders, right? And, like one of those answers can be Twitter spaces, right? Twitter spaces allow us to add a layer of vulnerability and authenticity through, you know, the use of voice. Um, it also is beautiful with social audio, Clubhouse included, uh, and Discord audio, where you can't mail it in, you can't have your assistant do it, um, you know, you can't even, uh, you know, outsource it. You have to be the one that is there raising your hand, answering questions, and that that allows us in. Um, and, you know, that that thing that I, you know, I preach a lot, right, is when someone asks, you're like, how do, I, how do I build community? The first thing you need to do is actually focus on self-awareness and understand the importance and value of letting people in, right? I believe, you know, I did a whole episode on personal branding, but it really goes into storytelling and relatability, right? I, I, there's two main things that I, you know, I've written, two chapters of the book on, you know, the future of business is community and that I believe the future of marketing is relatability, and where those two intersect is that ultimately your community becomes your most powerful marketing, sales, amplification vehicle, the more that you, are, that you connect that relatability to not only the founders, but how much do the owners of the NFT relate to the, the purpose, the mission, the utility of the actual NFT project. And if you think about it, this is, you know, no different than, you know, offline communities in many in many cases, right? Where, you know, there are certain religions, uh, we can just throw religions out there, right? There are certain religions that have done a much better job at empowering their, their community members to amplify and tell, talk about that religion, um, you know, very openly. There are other religions that are kind of just resting on the fact that they've been around for forever and they have... Um, Kind of that, you know, mystique and lore around them. But if you think about it as, you know, people are looking for, you know, new people to connect with new ways to uh, relate with people, we really there is an element of this that kind of comes full circle. The other part of community that I think is really under um, is not given enough attention, I guess, you know, is when we think about community, we also have to think about the role of collaboration, Right, and I you know this is something I give keynotes on uh, for many different events. I know there's a coming event where I'll be talking a lot about you know collaboration being enabled through digital transformation and and collaboration the one of the you know things that is often uh overlooked is that you know collaboration really requires the the mutual benefit of all parties that are involved right it doesn't mean the equal benefit but it means mutually beneficial right therefore if if we are collaborating you know no one wants to feel as though or at least not no one but you know that person in high school right that uh, that would you know join a project and they would only join the team of the project because they knew that smart girl in class or that boy that sat up front, they're going to do all the work and I'm just going to get all the credit, right? And, you know, I think we we know that there are some people that still, you know, uh, that follow those rules. But for the most part, you know, we don't want to feel as though that we are not only not contributing, but we want to, you know, for us to have more of... Uh, of a, a connection, a reason to believe, the more that we feel like our input are, are the things that we can provide are contributing to that ultimate success, the more that we will, you know, uh, be bonded and related to uh, a community, to a project. And and this goes as far, you know, I, I've talked about a lot, you know, like, you know, just selling merch uh, for for a project isn't good enough, right? I have I have three different things of merch coming in over the next month, and all three of these projects, I've actually I don't currently own an NFT in the project anymore. And when I owned, when I purchased the merch, um, or I got the merch as a utility piece, uh, I loved the project. I looked at it as a project that I was you know dedicated to and I, and I believed in. And unfortunately, it's taken well, first of all, many months for this this uh, merch to be delivered, which is a whole another problem. But it also you know for me. Just because I have merch being delivered, I'm not going to change my my point of view or going to am um, going to hold on longer. You know, and, and that's not true. Like I, will, I definitely held on longer on two of the projects because I knew that I've already printed out one of the NFTs and I have it as a canvas, right? I, I already ordered the merch. I, I believed in it. And, and so I wanted to do like my extra due diligence. I wanted to kind of double down and, and make sure that, you know, is this the project I no longer want to be a part of? And I will tell you, like since I've left, um, I feel uh, no regrets, no, uh, you know, sadness. There are people that I'm still connected with that are still in the project and I support them and, uh, I will, I don't fud the project. It just, it, it went to a place that I am no longer, uh, feel like the connection. It's not what I want to be a part of. And part of that comes down to this idea of like, you know, you want to make sure people feel valued and feel heard. Now, this is where I think a lot of community leaders go wrong. I think it's where a lot of NFT projects go wrong. They, they sit on this weird fence of like, well, I don't want to take the feedback of everyone that is an NFT owner because I can't do what everyone wants and I can't please everyone. And here's the, here's the, the news flash, the breaking news. It's okay and it's correct. You should not try to please everyone. You should not try to do everything, that every request that everyone uh, provides, but you should be committed To letting people know that their voice is heard, right? Because this is that overlap, right? It's, it's okay. You know, and in many cases, you know, for us that are giving feedback, you know, if someone's like, Hey, I, I appreciate your feedback, but we're going a different direction. That matters a lot more to us than feeling like we provided feedback. They asked for us and our direction. And yet they didn't even let me know that they, they heard me or they cared about what I was doing. And you know, and one of the ways we can simply do that is just like the bare minimum, right? Adding an emoji to a Discord post. Um, clicking the like button on Twitter, right? The like button is free, yet most people aren't using it to to give people that fist bump, that acknowledgement that, hey, I saw this, right? And and that goes a long way, especially in times where people are trying to decide like how much time or money do they want to commit to something if they know and believe that hey they might not always be listened to but they their voice matters and their voice will be heard that goes that is such a powerful connection on top of that if we think about where community is currently going right we we don't realize how much we need community during the tough times until the tough times are presented to us and in many cases you know i think a lesson that many of us learn is that we haven't done a great job of being part of the community when, it, when it's easy. And then when it's hard, it's kind of a heavier lift, right? It's a little harder to kind of break through those barriers. So for those that are you know, jumping into a new project, one of the things you want to think about in the community perspective is like what value can you add, right? It's so easy for us to jump in and pump our other projects or share alpha only. But like think about it from the standpoint of like what problems can you help a project solve where it's not about you, it's about the idea that you want to come in and let people know that you are here to provide this. And, and part of that also allows you to then accept help or accept, you know, collaboration offers, right? If you think about it, I know for me that if I'm giving a lot, right, we're doing this podcast every single day and someone's like, Brian, I, I've listened to your podcast every day. It's changed my life. It's, you know, it's helped me, uh, you know, you know, be inspired or motivated or you know, educated me on things. The likelihood of me making an ask of them is much greater than if I'm just knowing, getting to know someone and I don't know, you know, A, what I can provide of value to them and B, that, that they actually would value what I have to offer. Right. And so it's why I say like self-awareness is one of the most critical parts of of being part of a great community. But also building a great community because you need to know what you what you're good at, know your strengths, but also be aligned and be open with your weaknesses and your vulnerabilities. And I've said this for a long while that you know, I believe our vulnerabilities are our superpowers, and that in almost all cases and majority of cases, we connect with people stronger and deeper through their vulnerabilities than we do their strengths, right? Knowing what someone is good at is great, and there could be some alignment there. But when I understand that someone else is neurodiverse, someone else is co-parenting as a, as a girl dad, someone else has struggled through you know, the things that you know, the, the world struggles through, or when I, when I know someone else you know, is trying to level up or you know, is working on certain things in, in their lives. And so you know, it's not about us having to have the exact... Same vulnerabilities, but it's more about like letting each other in, right? And the the other part of this, from a tangible perspective, that I think we have to think about is that you know trying to grow and nurture and build a community from scratch is not only a long game, but it is really a lot of a lot of work. Like I would argue, you know, people talk about like what are the things that NFT project founders uh, you know discover that they wish they knew earlier, I think it comes down to they didn't... Most NFT founders don't... They underestimate, they massively underestimate how much time and work and dedication it takes to build a community. They also underestimate the value of great moderators, but also... The difference between a moderator, a Discord moderator, and a community manager, right? And they also, you know, one of the big gaps that I see in a lot of projects, I saw this in a project yesterday that I was researching, is that, you know, you're, if you want your community manager to be the, to share the pulse, to define the culture, to be the voice of the project, the customer service of the project, the person that people uh, relate to and connect to on a daily basis, you can't do that. If they are an intern or if they're not in the know or if you don't make them aware of a lot of the things that are going on in the in the project and help them um, be able to convey that. Right. And that I mean, I think the, the, you know, the number one most important level of trust is really a founder and the community manager. Right. The community manager, A, has to trust the founder. Right. That the founder is going to back up everything that they're putting their voice upon. But as founders, we have to trust that the community manager. We can give them all of the dirty laundry. We can give them all of the information, and then we can help them, you know, craft the messages and how they're going to handle, um, you know, some of the bad news or the FUD. And the truth is, a lot of leaders are horrible at crisis management. A lot of leaders are have never dealt with haters before. A lot of leaders, especially in this NFT space, have never had this level of influence or power before. And in many cases, that's going to walk them into scenarios and, and put them in some deep water that they're probably not prepared for. And having a great community manager that is trusted, that understands and believes in your mission and your vision and your beliefs really is a game changer there. And uh, you know one of the most popular episodes of the podcast, I did an episode uh, a good while ago about the value and importance of community managers and how they must be at the table. And uh, I, I'll link that here in the, in the show notes. But you know, I think even stepping a step even further beyond that is that when we think about you know, our community managers and we think about building uh, our community, you know, the more access that we can give people to us, and the more transparent we can be through our communication, the more that opens the door to scaling community at a at a faster rate. And what I mean by that is, and and remember, I I, I preach a lot about transparency, but transparency does not guarantee trust. Transparency provides an authentic window in. To allow people to determine if you are trustworthy faster than they would if you are not transparent, right? But if you are a shitty person doing shitty things and you are transparent, we are just able to notice that you are, we are able to see those things clearly and we are able to avoid you clearly. And that also comes down to the fact of like, you know, how do I let people know? That, you know, that the purpose and and I believe in this mission, it's that you have to let them in and give them access to who you are and your story. And I'll just tell you, like here on this podcast, right, you know, you know, part of our vision when we were deciding, do we launch an NFT project or do we launch a podcast? Uh, you know, I've shared this before. Like for me, I was like, you know, I don't think I have enough trusted, you know, uh, examples or, uh, you know, I've built enough trust with the Web3 audience yet to to drop a project, not that I was, I don't want to, I wasn't caring about the, as much the project is selling out, but I wanted people to jump all in and believe in what I, uh, what we're building, because, um, not because I just, because I say so, not because just they, they believe in the actual, you know, mission itself, because they, but because they know that I'm going to deliver, and I'm not going to go anywhere, and they also know that I am very you know open on authentic, and I and I am willing to admit my mistakes and and recognize that I will not be perfect. And with that being said, you know if you think about this, if you've been listening to this podcast on a regular basis, or maybe you've been listening to it every single day. I know many of you listen every single day, and for that, nothing but love. Uh, that means more than uh, I could ever even explain. Um, but for many of you. You know me better than people have who have followed me on social media for ten years. Think about that through this podcast, where you've been able to learn about my kids, about my travel, about my you know getting diagnosed with uh, COVID, getting diagnosed with uh, you know ADHD. You've been able to learn about my, my team and my business, even the stories of my past. You know about where I've gone and the the things, the places I've traveled, and my experience in certain things. And if you think about that, all of that is access to me. And so, yes, when, you know, when we drop our project and we look to the community, I can say, you don't, have to, you don't have to guess if I'm going to deliver on a regular basis. I have a podcast that has proven that, that I show up every single day through all of the good times and bad. I'm not going anywhere. But even more so than that, as a community, when I, when I, when I talk about things, those of you that listen to every episode those of you that are are tuning in and, and kind of coming on this journey you know me at my core you understand who i am because of the access that i provide and sometimes that access can turn some people off i know there are some people that listen to the podcast every single day yet maybe discovered something about me or the my beliefs or the way i you know i talk about certain things that maybe turn them off and i have to i have to be okay with that because on the flip side of it, there are people that through the access to me have, have come on this journey that they are ride or die. They will, they're jumping into projects that I talk about on the podcast. They, they can't wait to buy into our project. They can't wait to, you know, they, they volunteer to be, you know, our, you know, our discord moderators, you know, shout out to our, our discord team. You know, we have a, we have a growing team now, right? I I always say like we're somewhere between 12 and 14 people here. And, every one of our our discord uh, moderators have come from our community and they've come and said, Hey, how can we help out more? How can we be a part of this? Like we believe we, and, and I will say like, as much as like I know a lot of that comes through me where their, their connection to this community or their, their entry point is me. I'm not naive to realize that people stay in the community because of the others that are here. People continue to show up because they have other, there's great Discord moderators and there's great people on the team that, are, that, are, that I'm very blessed to be surrounded by. But the, the beauty of that is that I can, it can be access to my story, access to my career, access to my life, access to my strengths and my weaknesses that can be that vehicle in. And I think for a lot of projects, when you don't have that, it's much easier to leave a project. It's much easier to know not have that connective tissue right and I, I I will kind of wrap this through the idea of like sports or even like you know one of the best examples that I I've been talking a lot about with our clients you know we we're advising some projects uh, I've come on board uh, as a partner on a couple of projects and as soon as we are ready to announce those I will share them openly and transparently with everyone here uh, and so you will know if I am talking about a project or people that uh, I have a a relationship with them, and there's a partnership involved, so be uh, you know on the lookout for that i uh, I want to practice what I preach in that sense, so I will be very transparent there but you know with some of the projects and, and the the pro- you know people that we're working with right now and some tool we have a couple of products uh, and tools as well, you know the thing I like to connect back to is like you know I joined a fraternity uh, in college right and I remember when I got to college I said you know i don 't want to I'm not going to get a fraternity. I don't need to pay for my friends. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, how ridiculous are these fraternities? And then I was like, you know, people pledge. Like, why would I be like, do whatever the other people told me to join a, a fraternity? Like, what, 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 why would I do that? And then after I, you know, joined a fraternity, shout out to Kappa, Kappa Delta Rho, uh, KDR, Tau Alpha chapter at Radford University. But um, after, you know, joining a fraternity, you recognize that. Part of the reason that there's pledging and part of the reason that, that people, when you join, you have to go through a certain um, you know, set, of, you know, we, we pledge for a semester and then you have hell week at the end. And, and part of that, and really the main reason for that is that if everyone in the fraternity knows that we are all unique and we are all different, we all bring different perspective, but we all went through the same thing to be tested and to show up in this community well now we're bonded by the fact that we have that shared experience that we've all been through and so the question ends up becoming for nft projects that is a gap and i will tell you it's one of the hardest gaps to 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 actually solve for and the gap is simply the fact that when if someone is minting the project, or maybe you join a discord before they even have a mint date, right, your connection to that project is deep, and you feel like there's so many others that you 've gone with on this journey. But what about the people that come in and buy the project once it 's at its height right and i 've heard this through you know especially the board APR club right the amount of people that that didn't don 't feel welcomed as a mutant ape holder or feel as though they 're not in the inner circle or they don 't have that same uh, trust within the community because you know they their entry point might have been mutants, or maybe it 's not even mutants, maybe their entry point was they they didn 't buy their board ape until six months after the project launched, and so for all of those you know community managers for all of those uh you know project founders that are out there, you have to kind of figure out and think like a fraternity and and that goes in multiple sense right Where in a fraternity you know I pledged the fraternity i i I paid my you know dues. But I also paid yearly dues, right, to also to reinvest into the community. I also took on the role of being, uh, you know, having, uh, uh, having someone that was, you know, that was, uh, you know, my little, right, or the, the person that was uh, in my family within my, uh, within my fraternity where, you know, th- those were, you know, the people that I'm going to, like, uh, mentor, right? I took on that responsibility, and then I also took on roles, and, and it will come no surprise to anyone else, but you know, my my second year in the fraternity, I came uh, the I was the the pledge dad, I guess you would refer to that, uh, you know, in that sense. Um, and then uh, my third year in the fraternity, I got voted in as the council or president uh, of my fraternity, and. And for me, if you think about that, right, think about the fact that, you know, it's the, a fraternity is always evolving, right? Every year, senior and, and sororities are the same, right? I, I, I'm just speaking from a place of uh, uh, of relatability. And if you've never been in a fraternity or sorority, the, the, the most important components of this is that, you know, each year the seniors leave, right? And those that were juniors, you know, we all move up. But there are new people entering every single year into a fraternity, while at the same time you want to pass down tradition and hierarchy or, you know, tradition and, and lore. But there's also something beautiful about the fact that, you know, many of my fraternity brothers that, you know, I graduated, you know, college 18 years ago, actually longer than that, right? Well, oh, man, I, I didn't even, I'm almost 20 years graduated. My 20 year, uh, you know, uh, college anniversary will be next year, you know, 20 years. And many of them are still my friends to this day. And we have a lot of that bond and connection over the things that we went through and we still believe in in what we joined. And imagine NFT projects that take that same piece. And no, I'm not telling you to make your new members become pledges. But there is something about wanting and the desire and the importance of you need to have a welcome plan for how do new people enter the community? How do they level up? But also, how do you connect that bond? And I'll go back to that very first thing that that I said is that if you want, the thing that you should focus on if you're trying to build community or you're trying to be a part of a community is that idea of what am I doing every day to shrink the distance between myself and those that are in the community, between myself and those that are on my team, my community managers, between myself and other projects that I want to collaborate with. Shrinking the distance requires us. That's why we do in real life events, right? Like it's the reason I'm, you know, I love going to in-person events because it does shrink the distance, right? We get to, I get to give someone a hug, take a selfie. I get to read their body language. I get to hear things about them. They probably will not have shared on a Twitter space or on social media. And uh, of course that goes perfectly into our, our sponsor where you know definitely want to check out crypto business conference happening there in San Diego. I uh, hope to, you know, meet and shrink the distance between so many of you listeners of the podcast. And we can turn, you know, hashtags and listening into and NFTs into hugs and selfies and and dinners and coffees. And, you know, maybe it's even just a high five in the hallway. And so I, I hope you'll check that out at socialmediaexaminer.com slash NFT365. But there is so much value there. And when I look at like, why do I show up? Why do I travel? Why do I give up time with my, my kids to go on some of these trips or this journey is that I do believe that trust, you know, is something hard to obtain and takes time. But the more that we shrink that distance, the more relatable that someone is, the more access that we have to someone, the more that we can trust them, the more that we can understand what makes them tick, who they are, what their background is, what are the things they want to have um, happen in their lives, the more that we will feel as though it is a feeling of, well, we are greater than me. And you know, that's our mantra here at the podcast. I I truly do believe that together we will make a bigger impact on the world. We will will be able to change the world. We'll be able to not feel so alone. We'll be able to go on this journey through the highs and the lows and accomplish things that we never dreamed of. But that requires us to be the best me that we can be. But it also requires us to recognize that being a part of a great we is not a one-time like, okay, I just need to do this, I'm going to buy this NFT, and all of a sudden I'm welcomed in. It takes work. It takes constantly evolving the way we communicate, the things that we do, the, the content we create, the way that we um, interact with others. And just like in my fraternity, the, the beauty ends up being that, yes, we might wear the same letters, and yes, we might have gone to the same school but we have that shared experience. We have that connective tissue. We can relate through, even if I haven't seen somebody in, in 15 years, a fraternity brother of mine, we have a bond and we have a reason that we, you know, believe in each other. And I believe NFT projects can walk through that same path, create those same experiences, but it takes a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of money and resources to actually build and, and help this flourish and, Uh, I hope everyone that's listening to this just understands, you know, the future of business is community, but community and businesses are not built overnight. And in many cases, you'll get, you'll make mistakes. You'll, you know, think things wrong or you'll, you'll go down the wrong path. But ultimately, if what you're doing, you believe in, and it is what you're passionate about and you're willing to learn and listen and be curious, the entire journey will be worth it the entire way. So with that being said, my friends, as always, make it a great day. Cheers.